Hello and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. Just to remind you guys, we are a bi-monthly podcast. It's also available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a short review that helps us get the word out. This is one of the easiest ways to help support the show. We also release two more episodes every month on our Patreon, so if you like what you hear, you can visit patreon.com slash cheat and steal. This month we have two episodes that we're going to be talking about. One, James Hogue, the uh, academic imposter who led a fabricated life and got into Ivy League universities all while on the run from the cops. That's a very interesting one. Also, we cover the three-year cruise in which people signed up for a three-year cruise, sold their life savings, blew their retirement funds on a company that didn't even have a boat yet. So if you just want to hear two incredible stories of lying, cheating, stealing, and bullshitting, please check those out. That out of the way. With me, as always, not in studio, we miss you, girl. Kath Barbadora, my co-host, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, Pat. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sad to not be there. That was so much fun. Our last was. episode was really... Really great. Um, you just I I either gotta give up and move back to Austin, or you gotta get some ambition and move to New York. Yeah, That's yeah, what's right. Yeah. Happen. I've been looking at my room and I've been like, this is too big. Like I, I, I can stand <laughs> too I can much stand space. to have. Yeah, do yeah. I'm doing so many activities and it's getting me into nothing but trouble. Cost of living is just too low. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's what <laughs> That's what I always thought when I lived in Austin. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, we, we were uh, <laughs> we were happy to have you have you back down at this one. We uh, that we were we, now, ideally we were gonna do a uh, a game. We were gonna play a game of dice in the studios. We're covering Texas Crooks with our buddy Zach Brooks, and we weren't able to get you in on that session. But you said you actually got out ahead of it and went and did some gambling of your own. I did. I did. I was so I was like, Pat's gonna be so proud of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I did this last year, and so I decided to do it again. Um, so every year around the Super Bowl, I in, I live in New York and uh, sports betting sports betting is legal here. So, yeah. which uh, it shouldn't be. Like yeah. I think <laughs> it's gambling. I think is like morally fine, but I think they should make it hard to do. I think yeah. I've said this before on the podcast. I think you should have to like be somewhere kind of sad to do. You should it. have to. Know I don't a think bookie. you should be able to do it from your phone. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You got. You should have to meet a bookie. You gotta go give an envelope of cash and a smoky bar, and that's the exactly. only thing regulating it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is legal here, and every year around the Super Bowl, they have these amazing promotional deals for new users because yeah. gambling is so addictive. Uh, and I found out recently they write all this off on their taxes, but they give you free bets. Yeah. So you like sign up, you bet $5 on something, and then you get $200 of free bets. So which apparently they count as real money and write it off on their taxes. So they're nice. hooking people and yeah. it, you know, uh, it's, it's good slash creepy and bad for everyone. Um, yeah, right. But I'm like, I, so far it's been okay and it's worked. I can withstand the, I don't get hooked on it. Like yeah. I can do it. So every year I, I've, I did it last year and I did it this year, signed up for a new gambling website just to get the promo yeah. and then gambled with the free money and both years i've won a couple hundred bucks so i'm not uh I, i'm apparently not terrible at sports gambling yeah. so um <laughs> this year last year i made more last year i think i made about 300 this year i made about 200 okay um yeah what was, I it, did, what was the best I, was it was it was super bowl right I did a couple, so I did a little bit. Um, I did a little bit on NBA before, because I I actually do like watching basketball games, but only if I have money on them. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I ended up watching a really good one. If anyone, this episode's not coming out for a few weeks, but it was um, the Suns versus the Warriors. It was really good. It was Hell like yeah. a really good game. It was like tied the entire way. Yeah. Uh, it got. It was a, a Steph Curry three pointer buzzer beater that. Lost nice. the bet for me, but was like pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I bet on a few NBA games. Um, I actually the the thing I won the most money on was I did a like a four way parlay bet mostly on Jason Tatum because I know my brother likes him, and I yeah. won like I bet five bucks and I won like seventy dollars or something. That's what's up. Um, yeah, so I did a little bit of that, and then I gambled. I I gambled on the Super Bowl. Um, and the nice thing about the free bets is like you can bet on both sides of the line and be guaranteed to turn the bets into real money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like 
it i i didn't bet like i would have bet if i had my own money and also yeah. if i knew anything about sports because i'm literally just reading the odds like that's yeah how yeah it. um but I, yeah, so I bet on the Super Bowl, and I only I only won about thirty dollars on the Super Bowl. If dude, if Travis Kelsey had uh, made that final touchdown instead of the other guy, I would have won like two hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, I was so man. bummed. <laughs> but that's okay. So that's what I realized about gambling is that losing makes me madder than winning makes me happy. So I don't get hooked on it because I just get yeah. so frustrated. <laughs> like Man, I get a, so mad about losing. That is a good way to look at it. And like I, I, that, I, I've wanted to like quantify the feeling I have about it too. And that's exact. That that's put it per. Yeah, that's, like, I like to win, but losing pisses me off. Yeah. Right. Like winning is cool, and I like having money. I bought an expensive bottle of perfume with my winnings. Like Hell yeah. I wouldn't have had that otherwise. Like yeah, awesome. Yeah. But like. Knowing I and it, I wasn't even gambling with my own money, like I wasn't even losing my money, and I was yeah. still mad. You still, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I that's why I think it's like I, I I'm not gonna like go back, but uh, yeah, I did some gambling. It was that's fun. What's up. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, there we go. We got it. Uh, it's so funny because like Zach, when we asked Zach on the last episode, "Do you have anything to plug?" He's like, "Uh, gamble, just gamble." gamble. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I took his advice. <laughs> yeah, we, me and so me and Zach and everybody, uh, all of our friends did, did some gambling every year. We did the Super Bowl squares, mm-hmm. and um, how, so how does squares work? So squares is you have a ten by ten board, and mm-hmm. uh, on each column, the X and the Y, you ro- ro- roll dice or pull numbers, you randomly decide which one gets zero through nine. So it could be like, you know, one, two, seven, three, four, six. You know, it's just, yeah. it's yeah, not yeah. in any order. And it's like, like a that. Sudoku board, just like Yeah, yeah, numbers. it's like that on yeah. either side. Now, leading up to this, before those numbers are even, are even determined, people just buy squares. And you, uh, you get to like, you buy a square and you get to pick where you want to put your, you know, your initials or whatever. That's now yep. your square. And then- So whatever number gets in there, that's your number. Well, yeah, but it's well. It's, so you're you're at the intersection of two numbers. So let's say, for okay. example, I got seven and seven. I, so I always have to mention. This. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great. So I was, two years ago, uh, me and Sid had put down two hundred bucks drunkenly one night. We did ten ten dollars squares, five twenty dollars squares, mm-hmm. and I completely forget about it. I'm in Tampa on tour. I'm in a hotel with two other comics watching the game. And I started getting texts from Jake Rowe, and he's like, "Fuck you, fuck you." And I was like, <laughs> "And so I, we won every quarter. Uh, we oh won three, three on the expensive board and one on the cheap board, and so we won twelve hundred bucks. It That's was awesome. it was tight as hell, yeah." So, so this year, what are the squares mean? Like you get no, you get a seven and a seven. Yeah. What does that mean? So does- that means that at at the end of every quarter, uh, whatever the score is, if it ends in your two numbers, and then also they're sided. So if it ends in your see. two numbers and the Chiefs uh-huh. are winning, or then your two numbers and the Niners are winning, yep. it depends. You get. You know, you 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 win that you quarter. You win the the square. Okay. Yeah, you, okay. you win the, you yeah, win the that quarter. Makes sense. So so it was like uh, on the twenty dollar board or the forty dollar board, it was eight hundred a quarter and sixteen hundred for the fourth quarter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was yeah, a lot yeah. of money. We were there, and also people were betting side bets. You know how our people do. And when they did the coin toss, I guess Nikki had bet heads on the coin the coin toss. So the game hadn't even started yet. They hit tails, and Nikki's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> Just like, <laughs> that so like. so you can i like that's the problem with legal betting is there are no fun prop bets like you can't do them you can do coin toss and there are some that are some prop bets are legal in some states and some are not legal in in some states but i like i want to bet on whether usher is going to take his shirt off like that's the kind of stuff i want to bet on because i don't yeah exactly like they don't let you do that on the on the app so like that is kind of a bummer but uh Did, so did you win any money before we so, go into our so episode? No, so I only did one square this year. Uh, mm, because responsible. Like Jake, yeah, Jake hit me up. He was like, hey, man, you know, we're all going to buy up the excess squares. He's like, anybody want one? I'll throw your name on right now. Just give me the money you know, tomorrow or whatever. So I was like, yeah, give me one. And I got 7-7, seven, seven, which statistically is a very good square because right. most, yeah, most yeah, first touchdowns. quarters ended 7-7 seven, seven or whatever or 17-7. Yeah. Seven, very easy to do. So I was, when he hit me, he was he like, Pat, you fucking bitch. It's like, I got the 7-7. <laughs> seven, seven. So I wasn't even going to go. I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he just told me that's what I drew. And I was like, well, I should stop by, even if I don't win, just because I wanted to walk in and just hear everybody be like, hey, man, what boo. the hell? <laughs> yeah, boo. Yeah. And I walked in and I got I got all the hate. It was great. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I, of course, it was never seven to seven at any point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, too uh, bad. Yeah. Zach would have won with his number at the end of the fourth quarter. But uh, they went in overtime. The whole game, right? But yeah, they went they went yeah. overtime, and then yeah, and then uh, Jake fucking Jake ended up winning. Jake won sixteen hundred bucks, and so nice. He said he's gonna get a dog, and I was like, that dog's gonna hear all about Europe. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Inside joke for friends. Inside joke. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You guys uh, just pretend you know a guy. Uh, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so actually, that's a great segue. We're talking about sports. Uh, ours, it's a sports episode today. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. This is a, it's a current event and it's a sports episode. Uh, today we're talking about Rodney Rocket Grubbs, the ambassador of pickleball, and his multi-million Whoa. dollar pickleball Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Whoa! Holy shit! I've heard about I, this at all. I'm yeah, so excited I to get into to, this world. Yeah, I hesitate to say Ponzi scheme because Ponzi scheme, uh, uh, it, it, it implies that some people got paid back. And so they keep calling it right. a Ponzi scheme. And it's like, this dude wasn't Ponzi and fucking anybody. He's yeah, this is a stealing. pocket scheme, dog. Yeah, he's just taking money. <laughs> so, yeah, this one is uh, this one is fresh off the presses. Uh, it's been like developing the last couple months. Uh, so, yeah, let's go ahead and get on into it. Let's uh, do it. <clears throat> so. Terry and Scott Seawert met Rodney Rocket Grubbs at a pickleball tournament somewhere in the late 2010s. Also, should be have you ever played pickleball? No, I would love to know anything about it. So I yeah, don't we'll, know we'll, about we'll get it. into it. One thing that's <laughs> funny, they were like, it's a game that combines elements of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. And I was like, that's the same fucking game. Like, Those like, are all the same. <laughs> that's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> How are you gonna combine elements of uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's the same thing. So I didn't get that part. But so so yes, Terry and Scott Seward met Rodney Rocket Grubbs at a pickleball tournament sometime in the late 2010s. The White Springs, Florida couple were pickleball pickleball fanatics. They were both retired, and they spent their golden years traveling the country and playing in pickleball tournaments across the nation. Pickleball tournament big with the retirees, because I guess it's mm. low impact. I don't know. Okay. Uh, they I would think lo- anything, because I'm just dealing with a back injury right now. Yeah. I feel like anything where you twist around would be terrible for your back, which you got to you got to do that. Yeah, maybe low impact is the wrong word. I guess it's like it's um it's there's a, it's a smaller net. I know that. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah well, you don't I, have I, to well, run as much. You don't yeah, have to. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot. Yourself. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of silver foxes out there. Uh, I okay. saw some of the tournament photos. So. They, uh, yes, they meet Rodney. They liked Rodney. Everyone did. He was a polite and congenial Midwestern man from Brookville, Indiana, who was energetic and engaging, and he was known to many fans of the sport as the ambassador of pickleball. I guess if you get in on the ground floor, you can just be whatever you want in something. Sure. Um, And it was more than an honorific title. Rodney truly was helping the popular but fledgling sport grow into the mainstream and become more familiar in the public consciousness. He did this in a very sincere way. He played the tournament circuit, often placing, sometimes winning, but always decked out in a shirt emblazoned with the trademark phrase that served both as the name of his apparel company and his personal mantra and message to the world, which is pickleball rocks. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. What a good but, vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just this dude does seem like a genuinely fun guy. Uh, I, I've, I've, I met him and I didn't have cool friends that like did drugs and shit. I'd be like, yo, this guy's <laughs> fucking tight. I like this guy. But uh, I'd, I'd, I'm imagining him as like a parrot head, like a Jimmy Buffett guy. That's that's uh, kind of my thought. Well, I, I think he's definitely got the got some good time vibes about him, but he's also very religious. Uh, oh, we'll, okay. we'll get to that. Okay. He's a religious dude. And he's he's Midwesterner, religious, small town. Very nice. He's okay. a high school tennis. He's a high school tennis coach. So if that gives you okay. any kind of idea about his vibe and his energy. And sure. uh, so, yep. Yeah, his Pickleball Rocks apparel company, which he had started in 2011 and now ran with his two adult sons, was the most recognizable brand in the sport. So although they were, although they were initially hesitant, Terry and Scott were always happy to listen whenever Rodney turned the conversation towards an investment opportunity with his brand. So after another year or so of crossing paths with Rodney uh, on the tournament circuit, their friendship grew and so did their trust of Rodney. So when Rodney excitedly told them that he had an available slot in his super exclusive investment tier, the couple heard him out. Yeah. An investor, Rodney told him, had cashed out, and they had an opportunity to be a part of a six-person group, each contributing $25,000 each. So this total investment of 125K uh, would be, I'm sorry, 150K would allow uh, All About Pickleball, that's the parent company (laughs) to which Pickleball Rocks was a subsidiary of, that would allow them to fulfill a huge contract with a major distributor. 
Wait, hold on. I'm confused. You said 25, and then you said 150. I I I corrected myself. I wrote 125,000, but 25 times six uh, is 150, not 125. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, they would, okay. Yeah, they would be you know like essentially acting as a, as one unit in this six person investment Got tier. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So Terry and Scott wired Rodney the money. The agreed-upon terms were an 18-month loan with a guaranteed 12% interest rate, which compounded monthly with a lump sum repayment upon 18 months. These terms were detailed in a promissory note, which included an increased uh, interest of 18% if he defaulted. The terms also included a promise of of confidentiality from both parties. So it was September 2020 when the 18-month period came due. Terry and Scott were in the process of buying a new home and were eager to add their investment returns to their down payment. When they reached out to Grubbs, however, he informed him that he was unable to pay. So they okay. were like, he, so they, he said he needed another year. Then he said another year. Then he said another. And finally, in 2023, after repeated efforts to resolve the debts, the uh, Seawards had their daughter, who was an attorney, send a demand letter offering to settle the debt for thirty thousand, far less than the I, roughly fifty thousand. I like how long into I need another year? Are you like this guy stole from me? Yeah, you know? I like I, I, multiple years went by like I and obviously they did realize that he's st- that he stole from them. But I just wonder, like, which which deadline extension yeah. do you realize if you also, like are friends with this guy, like, you know him personally. Yeah, I feel Another like a year is crazy. A year. And the initial terms were 18 months. So that's like yeah. a big extension. That's like that's almost a huge extension. Double. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 66 yeah. percent longer. I think what we're seeing here is, yeah, 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 solid math. I think what we're seeing here <laughs> is that whole thing of, like, I don't want to seem stupid to myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I think you're probably right. Yeah, so they're just like, oh, okay. And, like, and again, this dude was the kind of guy that retirees would love. He was, ind- you know, appearingly independently wealthy, uh, mm-hmm. but he was, like, Live very frugally. That was the one thing. Usually we see these stories and the guy's pulling up in a jag, you know, shit like that. This dude lived frugal, never left Brookville, Indiana, uh, mm. maintained his job. He was a high school uh, tennis coach. He also um, had a marketing firm, consulting business. So he, like, he had his own money. He seemed like this guy that totally belonged in their circle, you know? Right. Wouldn't, yeah. would, not a guy you would expect to steal from you. Like, he's, he's, you think he's cool? He's your friend? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does not come off. He comes across as very genuine. He seems like a guy you would meet at a first, at a Southern Baptist church. You know, like, that's exactly, mm-hmm. he reminds mm-hmm. me of several old men I've met at a church, uh, which <laughs> old men at church, historically, best dudes. Uh, you know, <laughs> just always uh, on the level of those guys. So, <laughs> Eventually, they asked for 30000 That's far less than the roughly 50000 owed to them with principal and interest. That mm-hmm. still didn't work. So Terry and Scott accepted defeat and tried to sink back into their life of pickleball tournaments on the road. It was at one of these tournaments that Terry ran into an acquaintance, and she decided to ask her if anyone in the pickleball community had ever approached her about a business loan. So her friend gasped and said, yeah, Rocket, you too? And she was like, oh, shit. So this moment resulted into a search for the other victims. And uh, as I write this, nearly 80 people have come forward to claim that yeah, Rodney. Yeah, 80, 80 people have been the sixth person. In the, the sixth six- person, yeah. That's yeah. what this dude, he sells this exclusivity thing. And it's funny, it's like, I know drug dealers who have been like, if somebody comes over and they're like, hey, I'm trying to buy. And they're like, oh, I only have this much left. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. fuck it. Let me get all of that then. Because, you yeah. know, like, like ad- addicts like to be like, well, I'll just get my little what I need today and come back the next day and get what I need today. And they're like, oh, I actually only have this much left. And they buy all all of whatever number they said. That's mm-hmm. a total dope boy move right there. <laughs> like, that's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is out pushing packs. <laughs> we did that. I'm selling Girl Scout cookies with my daughter, and we did that. Oh, yeah. I was like, I got no more Samoas. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dope boy moves, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Kabaza. Comedy Frequency, guys. Comedy Frequency. Thank you. Yeah, man, check it out. Uh, he'll be. I'll tag him his his uh, his personal Instagram for the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Shrewd move. You'll see him in the comments. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, like, supposedly there was only had six financiers. Eighty were discovered. Um, but before we blow the lid wide open on this potentially nine million dollar scam, is what is what this comes out to nine million uh, potentially. Uh, so we'll rewind and we'll ask two very important questions. First, uh, who is Rodney Grubbs? Second, what is pickleball? So Thank we're going to get you. into that. Okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> so starting with the first question. Okay. There's not a lot of information out about Rodney's background outside of a 2018 interview he did with Stacey Lynn Harp of Bible News Radio. 
Yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, Stacey Lynn Harper of uh, Bible News Radio. Isn't she also the author of Pickleball Faith, the story about a woman's journey of faith and experiences while becoming part of a pickleball community? Whoa. And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that Stacey Lynn Harp. It's the wow. one of the how, same. How are these people like is this like a common subgenre of pickleball? Like very religious people? I think so, because it feels like it's, it's just, a lot of people. What boomers. are the odds of these yeah. two people <laughs> having these exactly aligned interests? Like yeah. that is I don't know. Yeah, wow. I love Jesus. I love pickleball. And uh yeah. I, I've never been on a dating app, but I think if I do it, I'm just gonna put those two things in there. And I bet I would like really swing out of my weight class <laughs> oh man so uh yeah so and also i, I bible news radio i went and watched i watched the interview it's uh it's interesting it's it's just it's a low budget lady doing zoom interviews she seems sure. very nice i don't want to drag <laughs> stacy lynn harp she seems like a wonderful woman who found god in community through pickleball uh so rodney grubbs is an American entrepreneur, tennis coach, and pickleball fanatic from Brookville, Indiana. Uh, he's in his early 60s, and he has a wife and at least two sons, he mentioned. They help him run the business. My two large sons. Uh, <laughs> Rocket was introduced in pickleball, to pickleball in 2009 when two sets of retired Brookville couples returned from wintering in Florida where they had picked up and become obsessed with pickleball. So again, more old people. It feels yeah. like a, a running theme. So... They returned with a few sets of rackets, a temporary net, and a burning desire to spread the game of pickleball to Brookside, Indiana. Rocket was the tennis coach at the local high school, and he seemed like the right guy to help them spread the word. So they approached Rocket. I love that they're starting small. They're like, let's spread the gospel of pickleball yeah. around this small Indiana town. Yeah. It'll grow from there. But that's our goal right now. Just, yeah. just this town. Well, you, What's funny is, is like, apparently it was the foothold for the, rest, the Rust Belt. Of pickleball, really? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. They, they, they beat out. Yeah, they beat out a lot of uh, major metropolitan cities in the, in the okay. Rust Belt. They beat them to the punch. So he began to invite. Uh, so he played one game, and he was instantly hooked. And he began to invite his friends and neighbors. And before long, pickleball had become the premier social activity in the small Indiana town. In fact, the crowd soon outgrew the makeshift facilities, so the two couples put up some of their own cash and raised even more through potlucks or spaghetti suppers, is what they what he said. So, if we got any Midwest listeners out there, that sounds like like uh, you're selling barbecue plates. That's what we would do down oh, here. Oh yeah, we, we spaghetti dinners were definitely a thing in New England too. It's yeah. like uh, it's a classic like um, church basement thing. See, like, now that I'm saying it out loud, we would have at the First Baptist Church in Coppers Cove, Texas, there would be spaghetti dinners. Yeah. But this one, I, I guess this one seems like it was, those were always just, hey, show up and get some spaghetti. Uh, these mm. ones seem to be fundraising activities. Spaghetti yeah, I suppers. feel like we would, people would have them as fundraisers. I feel like yeah. another one, if you're around Catholics, is the fish fry. Oh, yeah. Friday yeah. fish fry fundraiser, yeah. like stuff like that. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's all. You know, yeah. Also, I, I, there, there might have been money changing hands. I was just 12. I didn't give a shit. I was like, just point you were me getting to some the spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mom, pay the man. I'm just putting a bit on You didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> pay the man. You didn't know what kind of commerce was going on. You yeah, 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 yeah. I thought they just <laughs> gave you Burger King for the first nine years of my life. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, and soon they had enough to build two new courts. So this made Brookside the first town in their corner of the Rust Belt to have any pickleball courts at all. They beat out Cleveland. They beat Cincy. They beat Indianapolis. Brookside was now a Midwest pickleball mecca. So at or around this time, one of the couples approached Rocket and said, hey, we built this, but now it's up to you to grow it. And um, that's all, all old people always sticking with something. They know they're about to die. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> <laughs> some real hey. field of dream shit. Going yeah, on yeah, here. yeah. If you build it, I will come. <laughs> 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 this guy really likes pickleballs. What I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so, they, so Rocket took the duty seriously. So much so, in fact, that he arranged a meeting with a business partner and of his, and they brainstormed a slogan to get the word out. Um, when he talked about this on the show, it was very funny. I'm wondering if he is involved in any legal disputes with this with this person because mm. he was like he was telling the story and made it, it tried to make or very organically mention that he was the one that did it that that said it. He goes, <laughs> so I invited her over and we sat down and we were thinking in about an hour and I, I said to her, I said to her, I looked at her and I said, I said. Pickleball yeah. rocks. And she goes, that's good. He goes, and I remember as I wrote it on the board, I remember thinking this is it right here. And I was like, we got some gold. Yeah. That sounds like some real like glass onion backtracking where he's just like, yeah, yeah. no, that's my idea. Totally. hundred percent the whole time. <laughs> um, so 
the shirt garnered publicity, and it. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So they landed on pickleball rocks, as with an exclamation point. So Rocket hurried to the store to buy a blank white T-shirt and some iron-on letters, and within an afternoon, he had the first pickleball rock shirt. The shirt garnered publicity and inspired uh, questions. Questions like, "Hey, the fuck is pickleball?" You know, and uh, <laughs> and much like a disciple from his own Christian faith, Rocket headed out to the masses via the pickleball tournament circuit and began spreading the word. And as his sport grew, so did his profile within that sport. Rocket, as I said, was the ambassador of the sport, and his one-off T-shirt idea had sprung on, sprung into a business. A business his two sons left their jobs to join him in. Uh, he literally he took his two sons out. Yeah, he took his two large sons out to dinner, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey guys, I've always wanted to have a family business. But I'm giving you a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. Invest in your dad." <laughs> and he, like, and then so they went home, and his son, one of them was a financial planner. He went home. Talked it over to his wife, and he said his wife was just like, yeah, quit your job. <laughs> quit your job Aww. and go work with your dad. And that's just, uh, I want to make fun of it, but as I say it out loud, I'm like, that's the kind of support you need. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so they, a business is, so before long, Pickleball Rocks was growing, and like all growing businesses, Rocket needed investment capital. But before we get further into that, I suppose we should answer that second question, what the hell is Pickleball? So yes, here we go. please. Uh, this is straight from the the, the 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 authority of the sport, which is Pickleball's Wikipedia page. Um, okay. So pickleball is a racket or paddle sport in which two players or four players hit a perforated hollow plastic ball with paddles over a thirty-four inch high net until one side is unable to return that, the ball. It, interesting that it's paddles or nets. I feel like that was the main difference between. Like paddles yeah. <laughs> or rackets, rather. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the main difference between most of these? I feel like it's it was. It was a type of both. paddle. Yeah. This, so these yeah. look like I'll put a I'll put a picture of them up in the video feed. But like they're essentially they look like a large, like a wide ping pong paddle, okay. and they have like a and apparently they have like a more uh, a thicker center that like is, uh-huh. is thick at the center and then it like fans out on the edges. And yeah, ha- I guess like I'm imagining when they say 32 inch high net too, it's like, it's basically like you're on a big ping pong table. That's exactly what it, what it looks like. like. It's the same okay. demarcations and everything. Yeah. Right. And like small, not like, um, not even like racquetball size, like pretty yeah, small. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is pretty small. I don't know exactly the sizes, but it is, it's small. It's actually, it's 44 feet long and 20 feet okay. wide. So you could yeah, have, is, you could have that in like a, a decently sized backyard with no trouble. Yeah. I was driving through, was it North Carolina? Like the, uh, the Western part of North Carolina where it's like mad hilly and shit. And there was, uh, mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of universities and I just remember going by like acres of pickleball courts. Really? Uh, one of them. Yeah. So, I, so it's out there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it was, uh, you can play it indoors or outdoors. Now, it was invented in 1965 as a child's backyard game. Uh, it was okay. this guy's name, the guy's name Pritchard and Bell. Uh, they returned from golf one Sunday afternoon in 1965, and they found their families bored. Uh, they had attempted to set up a badminton court, but no one could find the shuttlecock. <laughs> <laughs> Solid PR move, dropping that name. Or bad, I don't know. <laughs> like, it depends on what kind of crowd you want to draw. But... Uh, <laughs> Bridget and Bell challenged their kids to devise their own game. The adults and kids ended up at the badminton court and began experimenting with different balls and rackets, including table tennis paddles. The five-foot badminton net was eventually lowered uh, to hip level to accommodate driving the ball. Initially, a wiffle ball was thought to be the ideal ball, but later, the Cossum Fun Ball was found to be more durable and provided a better playing experience. Uh, the table tennis paddles were quickly replaced with larger, more durable plywood paddles fabricated in a nearby shed. Uh, this family, you really like, go to hang out with like a friend's family when you're a kid and they just like have their shit together. Like, like it's not, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. it's not even that they're rich, which these guys clearly got money, but it's just that like, like, you're like, damn, these, y'all motherfuckers actually love each other. And like you're doing family activities. My family never devised a sport. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, there was definitely like, I remember like I had a friend's family where it's like, they they were like so close they almost like spoke their own language you know like yeah. they had like ni- they they all had like weird nicknames and like they had like things that they called different things like yeah. just like I always was like envious of that I, was, I like, know I totally was. I thought my, that was my, so cool like I liked my I like my family we, we're close but like I just was like man you guys are you guys are weird I like this yeah yeah we we did not like. Uh, 
yeah, my, I know my family was just like we we had our understanding of each other, you know. But like, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. And certainly we didn't have this. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, we weren't inventing sports together for sure. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. We were just <laughs> struggling to get through a weekend trip without yelling at each other. So, <laughs> but yeah, so soon after its uh, its creation, pickleball became popular with local neighbors and relatives of the inventors. In 1968, Pritchard, along with uh, McCallum's son David and two other friends, formed Pickleball Incorporated, and they uh, filed its first annual report in 1972, and it grew. Grew out of the Northwest and into the rest of the uh, in the rest of the the country. Um, however, I was reading this: the uh, the rise of competitive play has also led to more injuries, according to recent analysis by the insurance industry. With fucking party poopers, those guys are, <laughs> which found treatment costs for pickleball injuries have in, has increased as participation has grown. Uh, well, that makes sense. It also makes sense yeah. it's popular among old people that there'd be yeah. more injuries. Yeah, they got some some big names behind them and, and investors. Uh, LeBron James invests in them. Okay. Uh, former Saints quarterback Drew Brees. Oh, an entrepreneur who I'm surprised we haven't done an episode on Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh you know, yeah, Gar- Gary V. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Gar- Gary V's in, in pickleball. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't crossed around our our, our stuff lately. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what pickleball is. Seems like a fun game. Um, I watched a couple interviews of um, of homeboy on uh, Rocket on the tournament circuit. And there's like a whole method to hitting. He's like, you know, if you want like a, a more direct drive, you got to get in the middle of the paddle. You can have to the side of the paddle. I, I think that's probably one thing is like the space you hit on the racket affecting things being less of a physical activity than where you are on the court. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's small enough. You don't really have to like play position and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Is this is this at all exciting to watch? pickleball uh, you know what <laughs> i will say i did not watch one video match <laughs> okay <laughs> i just i'd seen tennis recently and i was like i'm pretty sure, sure that's what was happening it's probably yeah. the same yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh now indie star a lot of this comes from a, an article with the uh indie star about the pickleball swindler look it up this is out of indianapolis but uh, Indie Star spoke with several of Grubbs' investors, uh, retirees living in five different states, who shared similar stories of meeting Grubbs at pickleball tournaments. They described Grubbs as friendly, outgoing, credible. He became off as slightly religious, they said, and didn't appear to lead a lavish lifestyle. Speaking with Grubbs was like talking to an old friend, said Ron Ponder, a pickleball referee from Oklahoma who invested $65,000 in All About Pickleball LLC, uh, the Indiana Corporation registered to do business as Pickleball Rocks. Um, he said, he's very well known within the community, and he's the same way with everyone, Ponder said. He's happy to see you, and he can't wait to tell you about stuff. Yeah, this feels like an annoying guy. He can't wait. I mean, he I'm can't wait to tell you about stuff. Now that now that you've like given me context for him, now I'm imagining Ed Flanders, Ned Flanders. They're very, very, very Ned Flanders. Like, just a very enthusiastic guy who can't wait to tell you about stuff and comes off as kind of religious. Yeah, that- yeah. That's Ned Flanders for sure. Yeah, howdly doodly, pickly doodly. <laughs> Just, <you know. laughs> Hell yeah, ho, picklerinos. Oh, yeah, you know this dude. Yeah, he's got some <laughs> shit. So, um, pickleball isn't the only passion Grubbs parlayed into a business. Before he was the rocket, Grubbs is a self proclaimed certified professional consultant. And according to his website and the Indiana Secretary of State, um, Oh, I'm sorry. He was a self-proclaimed certified professional consultant, according to his website and the Indiana Secretary of State. Online, the bespectacled businessman who is in his late bespectacled, got it, he's in his late 60s, described himself as a life coach, author, speaker, and entrepreneur who specializes in marriage, business, and financial consulting. So, yeah, he does have a marriage counseling business, but, like, also he describes it as a marriage consulting business, not counseling, which... I like that. I feel yeah, like that's yeah, how you yeah. convince a, a man to go to... Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah that's yeah this is not my wife this is my business partner we're going to a right. consultancy hearing <laughs> our marriage stock is down we need to strategize <laughs> <Yeah>. about this <laughs> fucking marriage coin you're just like we can just invest <laughs> in ourselves oh man really really marriage is like a 60 year ponzi scheme you run on each other you know? <laughs> so yeah he said uh so this was his, his take on marriage and his uh, his consulting of marriage. He said, my, it, it, this is scary as I read it. My vision is to have an army of individuals and married couples worldwide who as small business owners are living happy, prosperous lives and by their example and by their actions will teach others to do the same. It just feels yeah. out of an army. Yeah, he, <laughs> he wants like a militia of 
married yeah. business owners. Very strange. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, you, if you're gonna start a militia, you you you, you get married couples because a they got a lot of pent up rage, and b it's a two mm. for deal. You know, saying yeah. once one's in, the other one's in. Ideally, <laughs> um, like also, have you heard of this thing that the Joshua Generation? No. It's apparently it's like it's like a Christian like lifestyle movement to have as many kids as you can. And then, Oh like, yeah, I've heard I've heard of the quiverful movement, which maybe Yeah, is it's related. it's like the quiverful thing, but like I heard about the the Joshua generation. It's basically you raise these kids who are cool and media palatable to interject them into mainstream life as mm. like covert op like Christian. Sleeper agents. Yeah, yeah like sleeper yeah. agents. And there, it, it, that's it, what I feel like that's what Mormons have done. Where it like, essentially is, yeah. The, like the so many of the like influencers on the internet, like people who are sort of like professionally like vloggers or whatever, are Mormon. Yeah, like very much white, like pretty aspirational white women doing like basic white woman content. Like all yeah. of those people are Mormon. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like they're groomed to do that or something. Like yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, it's it, it is crazy. Also, I, I think as we covered in the Lululemon episodes. Um, mm-hmm. it is like the idea of like a woman can't you go mean have Lula a job. Ro, but yeah, Lula Ro, I apologize. Yeah, uh, a woman can't go have a job, but she can do a business from the home, and right. that's allowed. Mm-hmm. So anything that offers that framework or that like context is like they're like, oh, I- I'm on that because I'm allowed to do that. With yeah. the Joshua generation, my roommate was telling me about it, and he said that they call it that because a lot of the kids are named Josh. And mm-hmm. I, I said that. I was like, I would get duped because every Josh I know fucking rules. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so that's his take on marriage, which is kind of fun. But uh, it's like, but it all appeared to add up to an image of a man who could be trusted. So several of the friends Grubbs made through pickleball bought into the image and his short-term high ret- short-term high return investment officer offers. The five investors who talked with Indie Stars said they wired a total of r- roughly three hundred thousand dollars to Grubbs over the course of several years. They said the money came from their retirement and savings accounts. At least two investors did get their money back, but others are still waiting uh, long after the loans came due. Investors were told they were part of a small select group. See, the investment pitch that Grubbs used is detailed in a 19-page complaint from the Indiana Secretary of State and says that he told prospects of a $25,000 investment and they'd get the last available slot. Uh, he then explained, every one of them, this will allow us to p- fulfill larger contract, co- or larger contracts. Mm-hmm. So uh, he also he would issue him these, like we said, the terms of the loan, and he would do it via promissory notes which i always mm-hmm. like i as a layman thought promissory notes were just kind of i was like either that's a check you know i always i figured a, a promissory note was a check and it's not it's actually something specifically listed for like a stock investment and mm-hmm. it's a promissory note and you have to be licensed by the state to issue those mm-hmm. and so that would come back to bite him in the ass because he didn't so even he have was that. just he didn't like go to i don't know a notary or whatever he was just like no, here you go full promissory note means yeah, 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 i yeah, promise yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> Yeah, he's with full dumb and dumber IOUs. He's just like, yeah, you're going to want to hold on to that one. That one's important. <laughs> so one investor, Robert Smutka, uh, an investor from Minnesota, told IndyStar that Grubbs routinely rolled over his loan into new contracts instead of paying him when they came due. Another classic scammer thing is like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, yeah, we got the returns on that. You want to throw it back in? Uh, heavy plot point in Empire with John Leguizamo. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Smutka agreed to moving his money into new promissory notes, not wanting to hurt the company. Another thing that he seems to prey on is people are obsessed with this game. They love pickleball. They love pickleball, and it sounds like he is very personable. So, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah he's he's taking advantage of that for sure. Yeah, they want to. Grow yeah, the like sport. you said, it's they don't want it. They don't want this company to to shut down because they want it. It's like. Uh, they want to make money, but they also just like believe in the mission of this company. Pickleball yeah. does rock. We yeah, need yeah, to get yeah. the word out <laughs> that pickleball rocks. Yeah, man, that's it, it's so sad because it's like I, I think we all have something we feel that way about, you know. And sure, like, and you, you know what this reminds me of? Um, have you seen Mad Men? I've seen uh, portions of Mad Men, but I'm not familiar S- with the whole series. There's a there's a plot point in Mad Men where this like really rich guy, his son, who who's like you know her her inherited all this money and is an idiot he is like i'm gonna make high lie the next american sport oh. i'm gonna like we're gonna it's gonna catch on like high lie is gonna be the the best thing going and i'm hiring an advertising agency to make that happen and the ad guys are all just like salivating because yeah 
this guy has like unlimited money. Yeah, like sky's yeah. the <laughs> limit. And so they're like, we're going to do a TV special. We're going to do all this stuff. Meanwhile, they know Highlight yeah. is not going to become. <laughs> yeah. the, there's like all these jokes about like America's going to see that first J and just be like, I'm out. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say the silent J. Yeah, it's just like no, it's I just can't. yeah, it's not going to happen. But anyway, that's what that's what this guy reminds me of. But with pickleball, except the yeah. thing is, pickleball actually is catching on. So it's a little. It's, yeah. it's less of a pie in the sky than highlight, but it's still people are just like, we're doing it. We're making yeah. this happen. Well, we, we, we talk all the time on the show about the people, how like scenes need the behind the a scene needs a behind the scenes guy. Like they need those to yes. exist. And yep. so many people are just ready to be the face. And it feels like this dude, like, well, I guess he was doing both. He was the face, but he was just, yeah, he wanted to be like, no, put it all on my back. Let's go. I, yeah. I kind of wonder if he ventures into true believer territory where it's like mm. uh, again, like we we uh, we talked about it on a previous episode, how it's like, how was he? Uh, or it was on the on the uh, Lord Gordon Gordon episode, which go back and check that out, great episode. But uh, we 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 were like, is this same thing with like Elizabeth Holmes? Is he just thinking it's six months away from being legit? Right, and exactly. Yeah, I I kind of get that vibe off this. A guy. lot of investment stuff can be like that. Um, yeah, because it is. It's like we were talking about at the beginning of the show. It's gambling. Like yeah, it can suck you in the same way. So. Yeah. yeah, 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 it can. Especially when he, like, it, it feels like a lot of people, he just told, hey, I have the money for you. Let's roll it into something else. And if you trust yeah. the guy, him telling you the money's there, let's reinvest it, probably is the same thing as getting that check back. You're like, oh, the money's there. Yeah, let's go back in. Like, right. You know? Yeah. It's like when you push on dice. So, <laughs> a recent widower who had uh, who invested money, so this, yeah, this is Smutka. He agreed to moving his money to a new promissory note. A re- and he was a recent widow- widower, and he invested money from his retirement account. Smutka said he's not comfortable in publicly disclosing how much he gave grubs, which is is victim talk for everything. Bad sign, Uh, yeah. Yeah, so going back to that day that uh, that – I remember the Seawirts, the the couple we talked about in the beginning, Terry Seawirt. So something else happened at the tournament that day in Dayton. Uh, Terry Seward said she confronted grubs after overhearing him make an investment pitch to another woman. Mm. And she – she said, I had just caught him soliciting somebody and stepped in between them and the lady and said to her, please don't do it. We've been trying to get our money for three years. And then he oh. just starts laughing out loud behind her, which I oh. I know that level of small town petty where it's like, oh, ha, 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 <laughs> Terry. Yeah, yeah, you're so funny. Yeah, man. So Grubbs continued to ignore the couple's demand to return their money. Finally, in early December, they went public with their complaints. They posted about their experience on Facebook uh, and internet forums and sent their stories to pickleball clubs. That's and the other place that small town pettiness happens is on Facebook. If you're, yeah. if you want to call someone out for stealing your money in a pickleball investment, like that's where you go. <laughs> that's totally where you go. That's good for them. My mom found out about next door, and I really don't. Oh. I really wish. It, oh God. So my mom has she misinterprets social media in two very. Um, severe ways like it's very like like detrimental ways so she i don't think i've still convinced her that this is not the case she is of the impression that if she looks at her facebook feed and she sees something it meant that someone said i want debbie soroyce to see this yeah this they is for like debbie soroyce. emailed it to her yeah yeah yep. and that has gone like like one time my cousin's girlfriend was bitching about this her friend that dated her brother and they broke up and now there's beef and, and she said something effective like well, you were never family anyways, so we don't even like you. As a matter of fact, my mom sees it. She calls, she's like, I don't know what I've ever done to Gina <laughs> that would make her <laughs> talk to me this way. And I was like, what are you talking Aww. about? I still don't think, I, I tried to explain to her. I still don't, I still think she's like, yeah, I don't know. The new thing on Nextdoor that is me. that, every, yeah, that was, that was clearly about me. She's talking shit. On Nextdoor, every comment starts with your name being tagged in it. So mm-hmm. she reads everything with this, like, like as if people are speaking to her condescendingly. She's like, ah. so I said this, and this person said, Debbie, you clearly don't know that this and that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, no. well, they're not saying, they're not like, Debbie, listen. Like, it's just, yeah. it's Debbie. I was like, you know. No, I totally, <laughs> like, I totally know that. Like, I get, I don't know how to explain it to people, but, like, when someone I don't know, like, replies to my Twitter or something, and they use my name. I yeah. get like I get like annoyed about it. Like yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. you don't know me. Don't yeah. you don't get to call me by my first name. Like I don't know you. And people are like, that's not that weird. Like your yeah, name yeah. is on there. And I'm like, I still don't like it. I still don't like it. I don't know. Yeah. So I get where I, Debbie's coming from. Yeah. I had an ex girlfriend one time that was hanging out around some female comics, and one of them just kept calling her by her name, and uh, she was just like. 
the fuck was that? They called me by my name all night for. I was like, because it's your name? She's like, no, no. She was every other word. You know, my name, my name. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's really funny. I will say in person, it's like mostly fine. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah she was, why are they talking to me with my name? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I, I kind of get where she's coming from, though. I sort of yeah, get it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So that same female comic called me Patrick, and that was a fucking thing. She was like, what's all this Patrick shit about? <laughs> Oh, fun time. So, uh, yeah, so Grub, so so she starts looking around on the pickleball club forums. She said, I was seeking other investors to see what uh, see if what I suspected was true and to see just mm-hmm. how deep and wide this might go, Terry said. The phone didn't stop ringing. By the end of the weekend, she had more than 20 names. She also learned about all the lawsuits filed against Grubbs in Indiana and reached out to Matthew Foster, an Indianapolis ret- attorney representing investors in those cases. Not long after that, something unexpected happened. She said that Rodney paid his $56,000 to make a shut up and go away. Mm. So it sounds like he still has everybody's money, or at yeah. least some of it, because he's not some living lavishly. And this happens basically, so yeah, uh, we'll get into it. Basically, somebody cracks the code of how you get money out of Rodney. You just annoy the hell out of him, like yeah. nonstop. She said by that point, she wasn't ready to shut up or go away. Instead, she encouraged other unhappy investors to speak up about grubs. Rick Griffith, Griffith of North Carolina was one of the people who saw one of Seawert's online posts. At first, he thought it was odd. Then his eyes scanned it and saw the names Rodney Grubbs and Pickleball Rocks. And he said, quote, shit, I'm in this too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're just like, oh, man, they got some losers. Let me say, whoa, goddamn. <laughs> uh, so... He said, uh, most of us thought we were alone, you know? We took this last spot they or thought replaced there were six somebody. People. Yeah, 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 six. Yeah, a council of six. Um, <laughs> and he goes, yeah, there's a lot of people out there. Griffith, is, Griffith met Grubbs like everyone else. He'd purchased a pickleball rock shirt at a Myrtle Beach tournament. Shout out Myrtle Beach. I love Myrtle Beach. I always played there in the off season, and it's abandoned and spooky. <laughs> so, um, and the next year, uh, yeah, so he saw him at a Myrtle Beach tournament in 2021. Next year, he saw him in Hilton Head. Griffith said Grubbs spotted his shirt. They chatted, and Grubbs gave him trinkets. Uh, <laughs> trinkets? <laughs> so Griffith was playing the, in the Diamond Championships in Daytona Beach, Florida in 2022 when he saw the Pickleball Rocks booth and struck up a conversation. He said he mentioned a $50,000 investment, and I said, well, I'm not interested. That's too much. So Grubb offered, Grubbs offered to cut the buy-in to $25,000. They traded messages for several weeks until Griffith left confident about the deal. On January 26, 2023, 2023, he wired $25,000 to Grubbs. The loan comes due July 26. He had planned to roll it over and just take the interest, but now he's worried he won't get paid at all. He said everything's kind of gone down the toilet. Um, now, remember the, the pickleball referee Ron Ponder from Oklahoma? Uh, pickleball referee Ron Ponder from Oklahoma. I do. Yeah, not. he was. Uh, yeah, what are the what are the initial guys that that uh, that got to him? He was the one who said he's excited to tell you about everything. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so about 18 months ago, Ron Ponder, the pickleball referee from Oklahoma, got a text message out of the blue. Grubbs wrote that he was expanding the Pickleball Rocks brand to include nets, balls, and paddles. The company had also just made a major hire, bringing in a former Reebok executive. Grubbs said the changes would allow Pickleball Rocks to target schools. Scary sentence. Don't <laughs> yeah. use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Ron. This will allow me to target schools. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know schools full of kids. So schools and colleges, but he needed operating funds. And he pitched Ponder the opportunity to invest 25000 for 18 months, yep. earning 12% each month on his investment. Uh, he said, on my other money, I was making 8% anyway, so it wasn't, you know, crazy. It wasn't, hey, I'm going to pay you 30%. It was better than normal, but there was more risk than normal, Ponder said. And this guy, the uh, recurring theme in Ponder's story, as we'll see, is that he keeps stressing, I got the money. I'm not broke, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I feel like he did pick a good number for decently well-off retired people. Like, Of course. Because they're sitting on a bunch of money. I mean, you know, if you did retirement right, like, which it sounds like the people who are doing this are fairly well-off. Like, yeah. if you did your retirement right, 25000 is not necessarily... It, it doesn't seem like a huge amount of money the way fifty might, you know? Yeah, exactly. 50 exactly. is like... A part of a house you yeah, know? yeah 25 that's a, that's a is 25 is a car like yeah. you know it, it doesn't seem as crazy yeah, yeah. exactly yeah and, and also yeah like like 20 and also it's it's an investment i know all investments have risks but right it's like twenty five thousand. Right. i get i get fucking and he's selling them the moon on this whole thing he's like you're gonna get right. all this money they back think they're gonna it, get yeah. their money for sure but it's yeah, like it, it's 
if you're like a recently retired person and you think you're going to get your money back, you can live without that $25,000. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is like, you're like, just fucking. For a just while, gotta, yeah. You, yeah, he's got to say no to your horrible children for a few months when they ask you for money. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, it, yeah. exactly. So, um, so he said, I had the money lying around. <laughs> yeah, I had the money laying around. So I said, yeah, I, have I can it. do that. Don't yeah, ask, I got it. Don't, don't ask yeah, me don't, if I have I, it. Dude, I, got I gotta it. get yeah, I gotta get five <laughs> grand coming in a day to get out of bed, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he said, I had the money laying around, and I said, Yeah, I could do that because it's a good brand. Roddy's in charge of it. What could go wrong? Uh, Ponder wired Grubbs twenty five thousand dollars. About six months later, Grubbs is back with another offer. He had a small group of investors, and one slot was available. <laughs> the terms remained Imagine the same. That. Ponder wired another $25,000, which he got him on that because he was like, 50 grand? No, nah, I'm not going to do 50 grand. Okay, what about 25 twice? All right. All right. Like, I'll yeah, do that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, when you look at it like that, you know, you know, I don't want to leave money gets, on the table. This guy gets got by, like, online shopping when they're, like, paying for. Like, that yeah, guy's yeah, doing yeah. that <laughs> all day long, all day long. Uh, I was on the road with our military correspondent, Shannon Muggridge, and uh, they were, we were somewhere, and the lady was like, she was like, we got a pack of Marlboro Special Blends, and the lady was like, uh, if you buy two, they're cheaper. He was like, no, they're not. <laughs> she was like, he's like, yeah, it's cheaper to buy two. He's like, no, it's cheaper to buy one. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. I was like, That is, like, honestly a really <laughs> smart way to, like, shop. Like, yeah, yeah. Do, you need, do you need two of these? Because it's yeah. cheaper to buy one. If you need yeah. one, it's cheaper to buy one. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like it's, just, it's just not cheap. I'll be spending more money. I was like, that's right. fucking, yeah, she was not ready for it. She was like, man, I don't know, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he, uh, so he said, he said, um, yeah, so he wanted another $25,000. A few months later, Grubbs is back and he offers a, makes a third offer. And he said he told him about a, a lucrative investment opportunity to buy nets that he could quickly sell. <laughs> this is, just, again, this dope boy shit. Hey, bro, yeah. I'm short in the re-up, but you know what I'm saying? If I get this, I get that, I get back right back here, I'll circle back around, I'll be back like two hours, dude. <laughs> and so he only needed 15000 for four months. So Ponder sent the money using Venmo and PayPal, although by then he started to wonder about his money. He said, I'm like, wow, I've got 65000 in with this guy. <laughs> and he goes, and I trust him because it's Rodney. But on the other hand, I really don't know that much about him. <laughs> so when his first Yeah, it's came, Rodney is not yeah, a good yeah, reason to trust yeah. somebody. Dude, yeah, like Rodney is not the most trustworthy name. Like this guy <laughs> doesn't look like a Rodney. If you, like Rodney, I think of my uncle Rodney. Cool dude. Cool car, you know. Wouldn't give him sixty-five thousand dollars, probably. Sixty-five grand. Honestly, <laughs> he has a drywall company. I should ask him for sixty-five grand. But uh, <laughs> that's a, a French Canadian New England stereotype. I found out is they hang drywall. That's that's <laughs> apparently yeah. That's the fucking that's the word about us up there. Now that but, I think uh, about it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see it. I, I feel like the um. Drywall or like tree farm slash arborist. I feel like there are a ton my, of my those. cousin Kit, my cousin Sean owns a, a landscape and hardscape company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like trees specifically. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that going yeah. on up there. He, when he has if, you, if after a storm, if, when uh, there's a snowstorm and the tree falls on your power lines. You call a French Canadian. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know he'll call he'll call his brother-in-law Mark, who does trees. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, we're we're thick, we're thick like syrup up there, baby. But uh, <laughs> so, but he goes. Uh, so when when the loan came due, Ponder didn't hear from Grubbs. He gave it about a week, and he reached out. And uh, Grubbs said he asked for more time, and then said he'd pay the money back at Christmas. A week later, Ponder saw the Seawirts post on Facebook, and he said, I went from suspicious to pissed off. <laughs> I, I, I like this guy. This guy rules. He's um, relatable. Yeah, Ponder said, adding that Grubbs dismissed the Seawirts as an angry couple. Then Ponder learned about the lawsuits and the other jilted investors. And he goes, losing that won't affect me. Because <laughs> I, I won't notice I that. have I, the money. Yeah, he goes, I won't notice that it's gone. Is what he said. I won't even <laughs> notice 65 grand being gone. But he's got other people's life savings, Ponder said. Someone said to me, you're a fool. I said, no, I'm not a fool. I trusted a friend. I trusted Aww. someone who I like. That's not on Aww. me. I saw him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's right. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Don't yeah. yeah. Don't let the spirit get beaten out of you guys. <laughs> um, so Grubbs, who has not been charged with any crime or securities violations, uh, could not be reached for comment. He has no attorney of record on file uh, for recent lawsuits. A Brookville telephone number listed for him, and working the day in January, the state issued its warning, now appears to be disconnected. So court records show that Grubbs is already facing judgments and penalties of more than nine million in his Oof. three investor lawsuits from 2023. 
In a separate lawsuit filed in December, several other investors asked a federal judge to force Grubbs into Chapter 7 bankruptcy. So apparently that's the thing you can do. You force somebody into bankruptcy. That would require him to sell assets to repay their loans. In a written response to the judge, um, this is is why I think he's a true believer. And also just like, this is kind of almost poetry. Uh, So... In a written response, Grubb said he cannot afford an attorney, and he said his only eligible assets are 11 low-income rental properties. Oh, yeah, he's also a slumlord. He's got 11 <laughs> okay. low-income rental properties valued at about $800,000 and okay. an estimated $150,000 in equipment and apparel from Pickleball Rocks. And he's like, so everybody gets a shirt? So <laughs> We're good? Just I the He's such a slumlord that the amount of Pickleball stuff he owns, he's A, such a slumlord, and B, such a p- fan of Pickleball that the value of the pickleball stuff he has is larger than the value of his properties. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because he has 11 properties for $850,000 and $150,000 of pickleball shit. So yeah, like exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's more Dude, yeah. than a, a, his apartment or whatever. Yeah, he, he's buying he's buying houses for seventy thousand dollars. You know, what I'm saying? totally. I mean, he is in Indiana. I, I, exactly. and he's I'm a slumlord. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. He's like, Dude, yeah, yeah. He's like, I, I could, you could buy a, a house in Gary with a scratch off winning. You know, what I'm saying? Right. like that's yeah, dude's got it. So, but this is just this is what was, was great. He said, um, he said. Uh, Basically, Grubbs told the judge it would not be nearly enough to satisfy the no less than 250 outstanding lenders uh, that that are asking for the money. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, all future creditors, to, if they want to recoup the money uh, with the one asset that he had, which is the you know his business. Grubbs said the name Pickleball Rocks has intellectual property value, even though it has been greatly diminished by— Yeah. <laughs> It has been greatly diminished by gossip and what he calls a coordinated social media attack by investors. Oh my but God. he remains optimistic uh, about uh, its future and offered to relinquish all ownership slash management slash profit rights from Pickleball Rocks to his creditors. So he's like, you guys can just have Pickleball Rocks. It's like He just wants f- Pickleball Rocks to continue. Yeah, he wants yeah, the like, legacy just- to, move, to go on. So yeah, yeah. Like, take it. It's yours. So here's what he said, which this is, this is hilarious to me, is... With a good management team, Pickleball Rocks will continue to grow, he told the judge, citing, Aww. quote, millions of new players are coming into the sport who do not use social media and will <laughs> not be impacted by the current events. These new players, Grub said, will shop and buy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that, he, might, he might be he might be like a true just love Pickleball so much that it made him do crime. It drove him 100%, to a life of crime. 100%. I should say, though, that... Uh, he was so I uh, as of February seventh, mm-hmm. uh, pickleball swindler. This is per the uh, this is per the Indi- in Fox fifty nine out of Indiana. Uh, he was forced into bankruptcy. So okay. he's forced into bankruptcy. He'll be so forced he's got to sell the assets so someone can buy a, a pickleball rocks. If anyone's pickleball listening. rocks, it could it could be yours, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you guys if, if we hit ten grand a month on the Patreon, we will buy pickleball. Rocks. We'll buy it. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um worth it. I'm going to say I mean no, ultimately I guess it feels like his life is in shambles. Yeah, I mean it, he's blacklisted from the thing he loves. Yeah. He also it sounds like didn't like have fun with the money. Like no. he did it sounds like he maybe was using it for this business and he's just really bad at business or I yeah. I don't know like what happened to the money cuz you said he lives pretty modestly. And he yeah. will pay it back, so he must be saving it. I, I'm very confused about what he did with the money. I'm, he does I'm have two sons that, yeah, he does have mm. his two large sons. One of whom True. was a financial planner. One of his his large son made some money disappear or whatever, moves some shit mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. and that money's sitting somewhere else in somebody else's name. Out of there, but is very that. possible. Yeah, very yeah. Possible. But uh, yeah, he did predict. Uh, he said, if given the chance to grow, it could generate a million dollar a year, million dollars a year in sales. Uh, just like Big the Enron dreams. guys, Enron dudes <laughs> were like, if you just let us do this for right. just another year, everybody would have been fine, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, all I know is that that is the story of Rodney Grubbs, Damn. the ambassador of pickleball. 
guys. Uh, yeah, if you guys uh, if you guys enjoyed that story, uh, you know we have tons of other content out there. Go to our feed. Also, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Lie Cheat and Steal. That's really uh, just a treasure trove of back uh, catalog of all sorts of fun stuff. And also, you get access to our Discord chat where people are in there talking about this and that. And the other episode is a really fun place to be. Uh, also, check us out on TikTok and at uh, on Instagram. We're at uh, the Lie, Cheat, Steal podcast, and we're also on YouTube at Lie, Cheat, and Steal. So please check us out. We got stuff posted. It's fun. Uh, as for me, when's this going to be out? I don't know where I'll be at. I'll be somewhere, though. Check out. You can follow me on <laughs> Instagram at PZTX. That's P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. Kath, what do you got for us? Um, I My monthly show, Paid Protest, is March 1st at Silo in Bushwick if you live in New York City. Uh, it's at 7.30 p.m. It is. It should be really good. I think Judah Friedlander is going to come by and do a set. Oh, so, shit. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, check that out. Um, I'm Kath Barbadoro on social media. Uh, I'm off Twitter right now, but I'm on Blue Sky and Instagram and stuff. So, yeah, check it out. Hell yeah. Guys, check it out. Uh, let's see. What you guys will be hearing this. It'll be uh, post-Valentine's Day, February. I hope uh, everybody had a good time, ate a lot of chocolate, got banged out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was fun for everybody involved. Guys, thank you for listening or watching. And yeah, tune in next time. Be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. <laughs>